God's doing a work. Let's stay with him. Um, I'm going to be in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3 for the next uh, three or four weeks. What I'd like to do is help you understand the book, these first three chapters. How many of you know there are two books in the Bible that are shrouded in mystery and depth of mystery? Those two books are Genesis and Revelation. There are deep things that move in those books. Deep things in the beginning and deep things at the end, which is actually just the beginning again. (laughs) And so there's mysteries here to be found. What I want to share with you in Genesis 1, 2, 3 is not the discussion nor the debate between creation and evolution. That's not where we're going. In fact, what happens many times when we talk about the book of Genesis, we need to understand why it was written and how it was written. And so what we're going to look at tonight, we're going to find these different areas of foundations for life in this book. How many of you know this is where life began, right? Book of Genesis. And so if we can get these foundational teachings from these first three chapters, it should set an order in our lives that will cause us to flourish. So tonight what we're going to look at for these foundations of life are separations, distinctions, and order. That's what we're going to look at in these first three chapters. That in fact, what God is doing is separating and making distinction between things. And he's calling his church to be doing this. The people who love the Lord are to cause there to be separations and distinctions. And we'll take a look at this tonight as to why. And it will bring order. Now, when we're looking at the book of Genesis, many times we're approaching it from a Western mindset and a 21st century person, okay? And so what we look at is the defense of creation versus evolution. Well, the writer of Hebrews didn't have that in mind. So he didn't write a textbook on the scientific proof for God being creator, When Moses wrote this, he wasn't thinking about evolution or philosophical thought as to whether someone would question whether God made everything. That's not the point for him. But we always go there. And so Western minds always look at the how. How was it made? How could this be? How did it happen? But the Hebrew mind is more concerned about the why. Why things were made, why God established them, and why God is speaking these things. And so that's the approach we're going to take. Not the hows. Okay? It's a fun study. And and the Bible does not contradict science whatsoever. And there's plenty of science within it. But that's not its focal point. So let's move past that and look at the deeper, richer, spiritual meanings of why God did these things. All right? So we're going to get to work tonight. Now, let me help you understand something very important. Once God began to create things, distinctive, separate things, separating things from one another, making them distinct and bringing order, after each time he would do this, he would say it was what? It was good. It was good. It's good. Right? Now in the Hebrew, that word is tov, T-O-V. Tov, which means good. Right? Mazel tov. How many of you have ever heard of Mazel Tov? 
All right, mazel means fortune, tov means good. So at a wedding, a Jewish wedding, or a Jewish celebration, hey, mazel tov, what that means, good luck, good fortune to you. So tov means good. If you go a little deeper, it means beautiful. It is good. When we say good, we're not just talking about um, nice. Good with God means there is no shadow of turning in it. There is no negativity in it. It is ordered. It is right. It is pure. It is of good. And so that harmony and beauty comes forth, and basically it means working the way it was created to work. Isn't that good? We prayed for our bodies because most of them are not working the way they should and were originally intended to work. But when things are right, they're beautiful. The design and harmony uh, is beautiful. And it is right and it is good. And this is Tav. And so when God would do, and, and I, you need to get this tonight. There's a real simple message tonight. Separation and distinction brings order. And when God would set something in its place apart from something else and order and balance was there, he said, now it's working the way it should work. This is good. And that's what we want to invest in tonight in in Genesis 1 so that we would begin to discern what needs to be separated out of our lives, what needs to be distinct, and what needs to be put in order in my thought life, in my actions, deeds, and words. And then we'll find that we have order. Now, how many of you know when you have order, you have what? Peace. Now, when God was done with all six days of creation, finished up, the very last thing he created was? Not yet. Man, but more specifically, the chick. Eve. Okay. (laughs) Eve! After all of it was complete, remember he had to work with Adam and help him understand this isn't good yet, buddy. We're not Tov yet. When the woman came, he goes, this is Tov. And then he said it was what? Very Tov. Very good. Now there is order in the planet, in the universe, in in all that was created. And so once everything was in order and Tov and working the way it should work, then what did he do? Seventh day, rested. Why would you rest? It's all in order and working beautifully. Right? This is where rest comes from. Rest comes from shalom or peace. And the word peace means order. And so in order for you and I to have peace in our lives, order in our lives, everything must be put in order and in order for everything to be in order you need to make separations and distinctions you can't mix things now don't you think that's a message that moses wanted to get across to israel why would moses want to tell them you need to be separate and distinct in all your life in all the things you do What's he trying to teach Israel out of this creation story? You're a holy nation. 
a unique people. You don't mingle or mix with Canaanites. You don't take their religion. You eat different food. You wear different clothes from everybody else so that you will know you're distinct and separate. The word separate means sanctified unto God. And so that's what he's showing in the creation account, that if you want order, if you want peace, if you're ever going to enter into Sabbath rest, things need to be distinct and separated that are not good for you. And if you'll separate from the things that are not good, then things will be good. This is how we need to look at Genesis chapter 1. So he rested on the seventh day. Now let's take a look at creation in this mindset of separation and distinction. So get your Bibles out. We're in Genesis chapter 1. All right. I have blanks here. If you have a pen, you can fill in the blanks. Having you do a little bit of work. I shouldn't have to do all the work. (laughs) All right. Now the very first verse... We're going to find our very first separation and distinction. In the beginning. Okay? Now, how many of you know what the beginning is? It's like the start of everything, right? In the beginning. In the beginning, God. That sounds like another portion of Scripture in the New Testament. In the beginning was the Word. All right? All right. So, in the beginning, God created what all right the heavens and the earth now uh in in your bibles there's a period in in the hebrew bible there is not in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the the face of the waters all right so the first distinction is uh and we're going to dig into these things there's a distinction between the heavens and the earth Now, is there light yet? We don't have light yet. We don't have anything yet. So God is going to make a separation of distinction, and it's called the divine fiat. In other words, God is creating something out of nothing. There is absolutely nothing. And God is speaking into the nothingness to separate out of it a heavens and an earth. Okay? Many times you need to speak into something to cause there to be a separation, to call something out. It's not just going to happen on its own. You have to, some of you need to take initiative. Now, as we're going through each of these, I'm just going to extrapolate as the Spirit gives me some words and knowledge and stuff, and hopefully it's going to hit some of you. But some of you need to speak up. You're looking for something to change, and you're not calling it out. So you need to speak it out so that it will begin to separate out. This is what you do with your children. You have to teach them knowledge and wisdom for them to understand and draw out of these things. So, first of all, there's the heavens and the earth. Now, we can take a spiritual look at that and say this, that when God created, he created the spirit realm, the heaven, heavenly realm, right? He created all the angels, didn't he? He created an entire spirit realm, which is different than the physical realm. The spiritual realm was created first, wasn't it? Yeah, sure, there was angels before there was the earth because the angels sang over the creation of the earth, Job tells us. So there's a spirit realm. And then he creates the earth. So we'll just, we'll just talk about spirit and physical. 
There's a separation, right? All right, so there's the dimensions of the spirit realm. There's dimensions of a physical realm. God broke through and ministered into both those realms. Jesus had to come into the physical to reorder this physical back to the spiritual. But also in this, we know that he separated the heavens from the earth when he goes on to say, and the earth was without form and void. He's literally talking about the globe, the planet. Bohu and tohu means formless and void. Now there's a lot of theories about formless and void. All right? A lot of ideas that the earth was in chaos and trouble and people have developed concepts like there was a pre-Adamic uh, people and there was a creation once before and then it got ruined because of Satan. And They get all of that from Bohu and Tohu. Um, I, I don't follow that. Personally, it's really simple. The earth was formless. And that, what that means is, get this, there was no form to it. It was embryonic. All right? It, 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 there's no shape to it. Why is there no shape? Because the waters are covering it. There's no land yet. There's nothing. It is formless. It's like embryonic. And it's void. Do you know why it's void? There's no life yet. So it's void of life, and it's in an embryonic stage. And so we have the embryo of the earth here that is formless and void of life. And what begins to happen? The spirit of life begins to move, brood, hover over the waters. The same Hebrew word that you find in the book of Isaiah for that of an eagle who broods over its nest. It's moving over the face of the deep. What is? The spirit of life. The spirit of God. God will move over areas of your life to call things out. You were called out of darkness, weren't you? I was called out of darkness. My life was formless and void. My life had no shape to it. I was the image of the world. But the Spirit called me out and began to give me life and purpose and separate me. And He's still doing that in our lives. There are things within us that are formless and void. Though you belong to Jesus and he needs to call out and separate out of you the things he's calling forth to bring life. So the first point of separation and delineation is the heavens and the earth. How many of you know? People think, oh come on, there's so many planets and such a vast solar system that why would God pay attention to one planet? Well, he started with one planet. He started with this one thing. Because that's the center of everything to him. Because that's, that's the image of him and mankind and in this relationship. I'll, I personally believe that the, the reverse. People say, well, there must be, uh, because the, the universe is so vast and so expansive, there must be other life. I put it this way. That was our hope and our future. It's so vast and expansive because one day we're going to take life and fill up this massive, vast universe, but but that plan got kind of sidetracked while we failed God. But he's going to restore all that. It needs to be that big because that's how much life's going to fill it. And if you look at Scripture in the New Testament, I won't get into it, but it's Jesus ascended on high so that he may fill the whole universe, it says. So we'll go on. Sidetrack. Okay. Now, let's go on. Verse 3. And then the Lord said what? 
let there be light. Okay? And God saw that the light was, what? Tov, good. And he separated the light from the darkness. There you are. Separation and distinction. And he called the light day and he called the darkness night. There's only one problem. You don't have any sun yet or moon. But you know what? God can call whatever he wants something and provide for it later. You remember what he did to Gideon? Gideon, thou man of valor. No, he wasn't. He was hiding behind the garage. Hiding as much hay as he could, not getting caught. That's a man of valor? God will call what he wants to call, and then he'll provide for that calling. If he wants to call the light day and the darkness night, he can do that. Well, was it a literal 24 hours? Was it this and that? And this is where our Western mind goes, who cares? You know, our Western mind's about, well, was it 24 hours? Let's do a word search for all times where it says day and all the times there's... That's good stuff, and I understand that. But that's not what this guy's trying to get across. What he's trying to get across is God says the light's day and the, the darkness is night. And he set it up. So he separates light from darkness. Now, symbolically, what's light and what's darkness? Yeah, good and evil. How many of you walk around your house in the dark? No. You need light to see. And he said, let there be light, and the light was good. He calls it right out. Light's good. Light is revelation. Light is knowledge. The entrance of your word brings light. We can see, okay? And so there needs to be a separation between light and darkness. Doesn't he call us people, children of the light? Then what are we doing hanging around in darkness? We're supposed to be a people of the light. We're supposed to be walking, as John says, in the light. Bringing all things to the light. So I'll put it out there for any of you. If you're not separating from the darkness, then you're probably having trouble in your walk. You're stumbling so this is really straightforward stuff. He's speaking to Israel. Come out of the darkness. Separate and walk in the light. All right? That's day one. He called it day one. So he made significance and separated the days now. He's actually separating days. Calling this day one. That means it's over. Now he's going on to the next some of you need to be done with the day you've been working in and go on to the next. Some of you need to put some stuff away. Can you call, it be, can you call some things done? Make up your mind. Make a distinction and separate it. All right? Again, I'm just speaking out as I feel led. Some of you are holding on. You've been in the same day of your walk for about a month, maybe years. God said this is day one, we're done with it, let's move to day two. All right? Let's go to day two. What do we got? Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And he called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and morning of the second day. So what are we talking about? 
this expanse and water, expanse and water, basically all the water that covered the earth, he's lifting it up and causing the water to move in around the planet of the earth as this canopy from the waters that are still on the earth and the expanse between the earth and that outer water expanse he's calling the heavens. We call it the sky. Okay? Now he did that. That was the original form that the planet was in because, and I won't go too long on it, but that filtered out all the harmful rays of the sun that created a greenhouse effect that made the earth at a constant temperature, constant moisture, and beautiful. Now, that all came in and collapsed on the earth when? The flood. Okay, so waters above, waters below, the heavens or the atmosphere. If we didn't have this, then we wouldn't have protection. Okay? And so there are things you have to separate from and make distinctions for your safety and for your preservation and protection. How many of you put doors on your locks? No, sorry. <laughs> First you buy the lock and then you get a door for it. <laughs> I don't know. All right. How many of you put locks on your doors? You make a distinction between what's in the house and what's outside of the house, right? Why don't we do this spiritually? Why are we not making distinctions between what should separate us from the world, what should separate us from what we listen to, what we look at? Why are we being entertained by a fallen world that's as good as Sodom and Gomorrah? Why are we being entertained by that stuff and why are we not separating ourselves from it and making ourselves a distinct people group? I don't want to be weird. Yeah. We are to be separate and unique. And this is what the writer of Genesis is trying to say. Let's go on to the next one. All right? What happens next? And day three, he separates the landmass from the waters. God called the dry, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so, and God called the dry land earth, dirt, whatever. And the waters that were gathered together, he called seas. And God saw that it was tov. It's good. It's ordered. He's going to put people on that land. All right. That's when now it's no longer formless. Now form is coming and to the separation between land and so land is rising up out of the waters and there's a place for him to put life okay so a separation between the land and the seas now this is all good isn't it you see what's amazing is that when god said let there be heavens and earth as soon as he made the heavens and the earth everything that was going to come over the next six days was already latent or within that earth. Created the heavens and the earth by his voice and then everything else he brought out of it. Do you know how much goodness and stuff is in you that hasn't materialized yet, that hasn't been brought out yet? God is calling out of you. There is still stuff that's in you that God's calling out to be separate and distinct. 
There's life. It's not over for you. I don't care how old you are. As you press into God, he's going to call more stuff out and separate this from that and bring distinction to parts of your being. Do you know how many people have done amazing and great things past 50? I mean, look at Colonel Sanders. (laughs) That was my dinner tonight. I had Colonel Sanders. So I'm feeling awfully chickeny. Didn't he start his business when he was like 70 or something? I don't know. Right? All right, let's get a little more spiritual. Daniel. (laughs) He was a young guy, but I mean, how many people, right? So look, all I'm saying is everything that God was starting to create, he created everything out of the thing formerly that was there. And he's separating it and calling it out. Separating it and calling it out. Separating it and calling it out. This might be a new day for you. He called this day three. Day four, he uses what he did in day three to call out to make day four. Are you with me? Are you getting anywhere with this? So I don't know where your day three is, but you got a day four coming. With an ever-increasing glory. We are being changed with an ever-increasing glory or from glory to glory. So whatever your day three was, whatever God shaped and called out and made distinct for you, your next day is going to bring another level of distinction and separation. That's awesome because you're beginning to look more and more like Jesus. Let's go on. Day four. Now here's where we get the lights in the universe and in the sky and the stars. Day four, he sets a light in the sky called sun And a lesser light called the moon. That's what they called it back in Hebrew times. Great light and lesser light. Oh, come on. You can't have the sun and the moon on the fourth day. Why not? God can work in the dark. (laughs) In fact, he already made light on day one. But that light was the revelation of him. You see... In the book of Revelation, it says that the new Jerusalem comes down, the new heavens and the new earth. There will be no need for a sun, for the Lamb shall be the light thereof. Right? So, so he's the light. He shows up, you got light. What do you need a sun for? That's an imitation of him. Right? And so now he puts a sun and a moon. But why did he put a sun and a moon? Why did he call that out of all this stuff? For signs and seasons times why to make distinctions so that he could separate holy feast days from other days so he could separate a day from a week from a month from a year why because of time god uses time to develop things and to give us an understanding and for things to progress How many of us are following the days and the times of the Lord in our lives? Are we watching for the signs and the seasons? Again, folks, be alert. If we would begin to establish the things of the Lord and the timing of the Lord in our lives, separate and make distinctions. What season are you in, folks? Ask Jesus And so, again, he goes and moves now into day five. And again, you know, you can look at science, and they believe all all life started in the sea, and we go, yeah, that's what the Bible says. And then from the sea, it went into the sky and the birds and the air. We go, yeah, that's, that's what the Bible says. 
but I'm not even going there. But he, he, he now, he's got this planet with the sun and the stars and the moon and the, the separation of land and sea. And so out of that, he now pulls out of the sea an abundance of fish life. That's cool. But fish don't fly. And fish don't go into the earth. So fish are separate and distinct as water creatures. And then he makes air creatures that fly and then are in the air. He's not ready for land creatures yet. He's just working with water and sky. So he may have been working in some areas for you in the deep things. And he's working for some things in your lofty ideas. And you're wondering, when's it ever going to take root and get in the ground? He's moved deeply in you and he's given you ideas, but you're waiting for some land animals to show up. He wants some foot to the... Hey, let God do his work. There are seasons in your life that are going to be unique and distinct. This is deep stuff. Let's keep going. Good, deep blue stuff. All right, that's day five. Now comes day six. A lot of stuff on day six. So now he's pulling out animals and creeps. Things that creepeth on the ground. Creeping things. We all, could, we all feel like we could do without those creeping things. But anyways, so now he's making animals and these unique creatures. Isn't God awesome? These animals are so crazy. You know, you see all these different kinds of animals, right? Aren't they wild and wonderful and amazing? Do you think the creatures of the spirit realm could be just as wild and wonderful and creative? Right? You know, we all make angels with wings and, and we make them all women or little babies. It's like, that ain't, that's not reality. <laughs> but the Bible explains some of these creatures in the spirit realm. They got all these different heads and wings. Why not get that creative, God? So now he's got all the animals, right? And so now you have the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and now he calls out animals, and then he's about to do his greatest thing. And he gets into the dirt, and he makes this sculpture of this being in his image. And most of it, well, his image, that means just the, the triune being, and that just means body, soul, spirit, you know. This thing. There's got to be some dimension to it that he's literally making this body, in his image, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. That gets into the esoteric kind of wild stuff. It's always fun to discover and wonder what that's about. But he makes this image of a man, right? He breathes life into him. Makes him a living soul. And now you have man, and so now he's engaged with intelligent life. The birds flutter. The fishies swim. It's good. They do what they were made to do. But he makes something so beyond everything else and he calls him Adam, man. And, and he begins to interact. He's got intelligence, and he's got communication skills and abilities. And God tells him to name all the animals and have dominion and authority, and he begins to do that, and he names all these animals, and he goes through all this, and he discovers, the man discovers something. What's he discovered? He's got no partner. He's watching the little piggies. He's watching the skunks. He's watching the bears. And they're playing together in different ways. And he recognizes he's got no one to play with. And he recognizes he's alone. And I believe God does this so that the man would understand that the woman is a gift to him. 
And that God makes this woman for him. So that this is unique and precious to the two of them. All right? And so he calls that out. And he makes the woman. And now, after he makes the woman, he says, this is what? Very good. Very good. And I'm going to put one last distinction in all of this. You've got the difference between man, animal, and man. Let me give you these distinctions. One is heaven and earth, right? Another one is light and darkness. Another one is water below and water above. Another one is the difference between land and sea. Another one is the difference of vegetation. We didn't go into that very much, but he made vegetation, didn't he, on day three? We forgot to mention that. But what's the distinction of vegetation? He says that they are to be of their own kind. Seed-bearing kind. So there's to be certain kinds. All right? And then he goes on to the difference of sun and moon, the difference between fish and birds, the difference between animal and man. But there's another distinction he makes with man. We just talked about it. What's that distinction? Man and woman. So there's a distinction there. And those are the only distinctions he makes. He makes. He makes. Right? There's man and woman. Okay? And that's how he established it. And it is good. In fact, it's very good. But there's one other distinction here that we need to make that's not mentioned, but is obvious. There's a distinction between Man and God. You're right about man and animal. There's a distinction between man and animal, but there's also a distinction between man and God. He's God, you're not. Right? Are these distinctions important? They have to be established or things will not work in order. And what's happening in our culture today is an attack. If you eliminate God and you eliminate Genesis 1, 2, and 3 and you eliminate the creation order, you begin reorienting everything. So now we're not talking about man and woman. We're talking about man, woman, and whatever else. We're leaving the binary to man and woman's uh, sexuality and we're developing all sorts of offshoots of that and that's going to bring chaos and, and, and ruin. Edison didn't help when he invited, invented the light bulb. Someone said the most uh, uh, greatest impact on human civilization and culture was the light bulb. And it was the most devastating thing done to the family. Why? Created second shift. Man could now work beyond when the sun went down. Now we've got greater production. Now you've got the industrial age. You can see how this played out. And with the industrial age, you've got advanced knowledge and you've got to continue working to beyond days and nights. And now man is working beyond the time he should be working. He's moving beyond the sexuality he should be working. And what this brings is chaos and destruction. And it seems so simple. But there's an order to everything and God is calling us to order. I'm asking you to evaluate your life and say, what is out of order? And I can tell you, if you find something out of order, it's because you're not separating things properly and making distinctions. There are too many blurry things in our lives. 
especially as Christians. How many contradictions do we as Christians have? Too many contradictions. We say we follow Jesus, but our actions are not distinct in following him. Right? Now, what are these distinctions? Number 11 and 12. Let's look at a couple more distinctions. In Genesis 2.17, the story goes on and another distinction is made. Let's see what this distinction is. Verse 17 says, but he put a tree in the center of the garden of the knowledge of good and evil and said, you shall not eat. So there's a distinction there. And what is that distinction? Good. This is good. This is bad. And he said, stay away from it. God wanted to introduce the understanding of obedience in following him. And he wanted to instruct them in what was good and evil. He did not want them to experience it. There's a difference. There's a difference between knowing and experiencing. The minute you experience evil, you become evil. And in their disobedience, they discovered evil. And in that, they lost fellowship with what is good. He didn't want them to experience it that way. But they chose that. There's a distinction between good and evil. There needs to be separation and distinction between good and evil. Is there enough distinction in your mind and understanding of what is good and what is evil? That's hard though, isn't it? Because there are some things that are really gray. There are some things, and well, Paul puts it this way, not all, thing, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient or profitable or right to do. James says that uh, anything done not by faith is sin, is evil. So are we defining the distinction and separating from good and evil? Did Israel do that well? No. So this whole creation story is built upon the distinction of separating one thing from another and making them distinct. And the ultimate distinction that he needed Adam and Eve to follow was the distinction and separation from good and evil. And they didn't. And they fell And God gave them one last distinction. Genesis 3, 15. I shall put enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of Satan. So what he's saying is, there's going to be a distinction between good and evil, and that is, all your generations will have to decide whether you're going to follow the way of God or the devil. Ultimately, Jesus or the devil, because we're all dead in our trespasses and sin until we come to Christ. So let me ask you this, folks. For the foundation of life to its fullest, I come to bring you life, right? And life to its fullest or abundantly. In order for us to have an abundant life, we have got to make separations and distinctions to what is good and what is wrong. That is the simplicity of a holy life. Because 
Separation of distinctions bring what? I have a, a, a line right down here. Number one. If you will make separations and distinctions towards those things that are good, it will bring order. And it will be tov or good. If you do not, it will bring chaos and disorder. The second thing is, it, if you make separation and distinction, you will be holy and sanctified. The word sanctified means set apart. For something to be set apart, you had to have some boundaries. You had to have some distinctions. You're to be a holy people, a sanctified people. You've separated from the things of the world so that you are holy. You're carrying the nature of God. And so, my brothers and sisters, in your solar system, have you made separations and distinctions in your life? I need you to go home tonight. I need you to walk through your house. And I need you to consider, does there need to be some separations between some of these things and distinctions in what I'm doing, what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, what I have in my house, what am I reading? Does this make sense to you? You need to evaluate the people you're hanging around with. Now, it's one thing, of course, we're all to have unsaved friends so that we could win them. We want to reach the lost. But are you more influenced by certain people who are leading you astray? How many of you know when people first get saved, usually they'll fall back into the world if they don't cut tithes with some of the friends they're with? You've got to separate and come out from among them. Separation and distinction. All right? Let me summarize with this. We must live within the boundaries that God has set in the world. Trying to live outside those boundaries will have devastating consequences. Humans cannot bring order to God's world. They can only destroy it. God already set everything in order. You don't set things in order. You either obey the order of God or you damage the order of God. All right? So don't think you're setting the order. We all must be obedient to the order of God. And if God has called us out, how many of you want to see a move of God in your life? How many of you want to see a move of God in this church? Well, then we better put some separation and some distinctions between us and the world and us and the spirit of religion and us and demons and spirits and wrong attitudes and so forth. Does this make sense? That's holiness. That's sanctification, and it's demonstrated in the creation order. Separation and order. Now, let me make this last statement, and we'll pray. If we do not choose to separate things in our lives for God's order, we will automatically separate from God. Separation's already going to happen. In every choice you make, it will bring separation. You will either obey God's word and separate from the things that God tells you to, or if you don't, you're separating from the will of God. It's really simple. If you don't obey God, you're separating from what he's blessing. Does this make sense? Okay, so uh, let me put it to you. It's real simple. All right, so you're, let me, let me get something that's 
pretty common. Two common things. One for men, one for women. Here's one for men. You're on the internet and you're looking and all of a sudden there's this image that comes out of some naked lady and you're going, ooh, that's interesting. Now you need to make a decision, right? I need to separate my eyes from that image. So I'm going to click that off. I'm going to get away from that. All right, so you are choosing to separate from that. Or if you choose not to separate from it and you hang around it, you have just chosen separation from God's will. And you'll pay the consequences. I'm not talking about you going to hell because you looked at that. I'm talking about the damage it's going to do to you. Does that make sense? I'll bring it over to the women. All right, that's men's porn. Here's women's porn. Women's porn is this. This girl or this lady wants to tell you something about somebody else. And you can decide to separate from gossip and slander. And that would be doing the Lord's will and separating from it to do it. You can't do both. You can't have both. If you choose to listen, you've just separated from the will of God. So there's a separation here. I'm trying to point out, we are constantly separating, but so often we're making so many justifications and excuses for ourselves, we think God's grace just is cause, always just keeps us connected. And in fact, it does, but there is consequences to what you're doing and in your actions. And he'll let you suffer them because you're choosing. So all I'm saying is we need to make the separation, and the distinctions so that order would come to our lives that is of God that would bring peace for us. Sin brings separation. I conclude the creation story with this. What happened when Adam and Eve sinned? They chose to separate from God so that they could unite with that fruit of good and evil. In doing that, the first thing they did was separate from God and hide. When God called them out, God then separated from Eve and said, it was the woman you gave me. Do you see the separation that's already beginning? He brought her to him. Now he's discarding her. And then she when, is asked, and then, uh, so man and woman are separated. Then man is cursed and how has to work by the sweat of his brow and thorns. And he's separated from the creation that God had put him in to work in. Now he's separated from it and now it's toil and labor. Right? And then last of all, they're separated from the garden. So if you're wondering why there are things in your life that are happening, it might be because you haven't separated unto the things that are distinctly God's. The things that God calls you to separate and make distinct. And that's the foundation for life. Let's, let us pray. Let's pray. Jesus, help us. Holy Spirit, come right now as you abide in us and begin to show us distinction in our own walk. What are we doing, God, that is keeping us from being distinct from the world? That is keeping us, O oh God, from order and shalom, peace. I pray that you would point it out in our own lives. Are there people that we need to stay away from? 
are there actions we're doing? Are we spending money on things that we should not? Have we made choices that choose something over you? Separation and distinction is the key to sanctification and holiness. This is what you taught Israel in this creation story. Teach us tonight too, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.